Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the WBR Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a very good day today. Hope you had a great weekend as well. Let's get right to it. Go ahead and start the week. You know, last week, really everything last week built up to this week. We saw a textbook move higher in the markets in the last three days of last week, come off extremely oversold. I mean, really, frankly, you really could not draw it up any better what just happened here. And we, we think it's going to continue to happen. Uh, this move higher should continue. We think this move higher continues into the midterms, into year end. Folks, I think the lows are in place. We thought that we felt that way for some time, but we're starting to see some very convincing evidence, right? The technicals confirming. We're starting to see leadership that, that is that is that is doing what it should do. And we've got all the sentiment lined up the right way. We've got all the kind of the dominoes are set up to fall the right way. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Because it's an important day tomorrow. We get the CPI tomorrow. Uh, that's uh, that's that's the last really big piece of the puzzle that the Fed is watching before their rate hike on the 21st. And um, we'll talk about that and uh, what we expect to happen after that. Which I think I I I think we I think we've got this, folks. I think we've got this nailed. Famous last words, maybe. But you know what? <laughs> I'm the guy that puts it out there because I, I number one. I think I do. I think we've got this. I think we've got this nailed. And I think we're going to crush this market into the midterms and year end. And that's exactly how we're positioned, by the way. Dow Jones today up 229 points at 32,381. That was our loser on the day. How about that? That's not too bad, right? Our winner on the day was pretty much a tie, really. NASDAQ and Russell 2000, our two favorite indexes, playing out just like the charts say that it should. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. NASDAQ up 1.27% today. Uh, folks, if you think prayer is not involved, you don't know me. Uh, Rose 2000, also better than 1.2% today. Good to see the charts do what they're supposed to do. Again, textbook, folks. Textbook. Uh, SP of 100, also up better than 1%. Remember, last week, the semis were up 7%. They, they turned on a dime. They led the way higher. The rest of the market was up about 3 to 4%. The, again, I keep using the word, but folks, it, it is. It, it is a textbook move so far. So again, internals have been fantastic. Friday gave us a 90.7% up volume day. That's a bullish thrust. That's very, very good to see. And uh, they don't happen very often. It happened on Friday. And we had 5 to 1 advanced decline on Friday as well. Well, listen to this. I'm going to jump around a little bit today. Today. 85% up volume day at NYSE. I mean, it just kind of snuck up on me, folks. We're at 80%. It just kept getting stronger throughout the day. It's a good smart money hour. This is, again, this has all the earmarks of a market that knows what's about to happen, which is the uh, the uh, CPI tomorrow is going to be friendly. The CPI, the Consumer Price Report Index tomorrow, that is going to be a friendly report. Here's what the markets are looking for. The estimate for uh, for a core, excuse me, for the headline number, right, which includes uh, food and energy, the estimate for year-over-year inflation is just right at 8%, 8%. Anything least that is going to be looked at as a win, okay? The month-over-month estimate is for essentially flat, you know, maybe a little bit of improvement. So the core is at about a 6%. So those are two numbers that matter most tomorrow. Again, we get that report tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern. That's an hour before the market opens. So we'll, we should know by then, right? But I'll tell you, uh, the market's a pretty good discounting mechanism. 
And if you look at the action in the last three, four days, you, you can see what it's telling you, right? The market wants to go higher through the CPI report. It wants to go higher into the rate height, rate height next week. And then it wants to go higher in the midterms. That's what we believe is happening here. Let's go ahead and talk about next week, uh, just to mention it. You know, the Fed uh, on the 21st uh, wraps up two days of meetings for the Fed meetings, of course. That's next week. And the estimate is they'll hike rates again by another three-quarters of a point. That'll be three consecutive hikes by the same amount. And that would take the Fed funds rate to three and a quarter percent. Hadn't been that high since 2008. Look, <clears throat> it's, in my view, it's a mistake. I think they'll wind up regretting it. And I think they'll wind up cutting rates pretty quickly in next year. Because the economy is slowing. There's no question about it. Kind of hard not to slow when rates are this high and inflation is this high. So that's going to happen. And also because, by the way, look who's president. Let's go, Brandon. So the Fed's going to, reg- I think they're going to regret these rate hikes. And I believe that they're going to wind up cutting rates next year. But I do think they'll go ahead and come through with a three-quarter point rate hike. Again, taking the Fed funds rate to three and a quarter percent. If that sounds really big to you, by the way, just let me remind you. Let's go back in history a little bit, back in time. The biggest bull market that this country's ever seen was 1995 to 2000, the dot-com melt-up. I remember pretty well. The 10-year yield averaged better than 5% during that five-year melt-up. Again, we're at 3.36% today. The 10-year averaged better than 5%, had spikes over 6% during the best melt-up we've ever seen. Let's go back a little further. During the best real estate melt-up we've ever seen, that was 2002 to 2007, right in that ballpark. Not only did the 10-year average better than 5%, again, higher than now by almost double, but the Fed hiked rates 17 straight times in 2004 to 2006, and the market kept going up and real estate kept going up. So, again, I think some perspective helps here, you know. Uh, next time you hear somebody losing, you know, the hairs on fire about a 3.3% 10-year yield, oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, take them, down, take them down a little trip down, down memory lane, right? Show them what history says about how big a 3.3% yield is on the 10-year because it ain't. It just ain't a big yield. And, uh, again, history, I think, I think perspective helps at this point. Uh, what else today? Um, you know, there's so many golden crosses taking place. We told you last week, golden cross buy signals taking place in the small caps, in NASDAQ 100, and housing, getting a whole slew of them this week. All of the major indexes should have a golden cross this week. Again, these are 50 over 100 day, but they're still bullish. You know, you have to get that before you can get the 50 over the 200 day. That'll come later, of course, uh, assuming that we state a plan. But this has been our playbook. You know, our playbook from last week was the market would move higher in the CPI report, then in the Fed meeting, then to the midterms, and then to year end. And we're getting to the data that really matters most. And just to repeat one more time, the best piece of data that I've ever seen is the what happens in a midterm year. From the midterm year lows to one year later, the market's up 32.3% on average. Go back to, nine, to World War II. The market's also been up 18 out of 18 times in midterm years. So history's on our side. History's on our side, folks. And we also have, guess what else is coming up? The fourth quarter. Well, why does that matter? Fund flows. 
right? Retirement money, beginning of month, beginning of year, a ton of money coming in to fourth quarter, uh, pensions, etc. And guess what that means? That's why the fourth quarter is one of the best quarters of the year, if not the best quarter. Certainly in the midterm year, it is. So we have a lot of things lining up that point to a move higher. And then I just have to throw in, as I always do, my favorite conspiracy theory for now. I've got a lot of them. <laughs> because they're really conspiracy facts. But this is pretty good. This is pretty good. The, the, the Uniparty knows that they want to buy votes. They want mom and pop 401k investor to vote for, or just stay home. You don't, you, don't have to vote, you don't have to vote blue, but just don't go vote. Just think, you know what, things are okay, right? Things aren't falling apart. I'm not that motivated to go vote. Huh, right? Trust me, folks, that's happening now. Look, they just bought votes with the, uh, the college debt elimination scam. And if they can buy votes by making the market go up, using their besties at the Federal Reserve, again, uniparty, then why not? I think that's what's happening here. I really, really do. And we're going to crush this market as a result. Let's take a look at the internals today. Again, very good numbers today. We had uh, in our, um, uh, right here, I guess there's somewhere. Here we go. Uh, NYSE, eighty-five percent up volume days. I said earlier with three to one advanced decline. Folks, this is a really good day today. This is a really good day today. Good, good Monday. Uh, Nasdaq, seventy-two percent up volume day. Also excellent with uh, what is this? Uh, two to one advanced decline. So again, Nasdaq and semis led last week. Uh, Nasdaq still led today. Semis took a little bit of a breather. Still finished high on the day, only by a quarter of a point. I think that 7% move higher last week is probably the reason the semis didn't do much today. I wouldn't expect this lull to last long. But again, we key off the semis. So, you know, I'm not going to rationalize something that I believe in. If the semis start to reverse lower, then guess what? The market's going to follow. So that's the way it works. Uh, what else today? Sector watch. In our um, 11 SP 100 sectors, we had... All 11, what a day. All 11 finished higher, led by energy of 1.8%, technology of 1.6%, consumer discretionary of 1.3%. Again, all 11, higher on the day, just what you want to see. In our commodity watch today, we had uh, gold <clears throat> today up $7 an ounce at $17.35. Silver, big day for silver, 5.3%. That typically bodes very well for this group. And again, this is the playbook, is it not? The reverse, everything has been happening. So dollar lower, rates lower, inflation lower. That means gold, silver higher, stocks higher. This is this is this is it. So this is uh, the, this is uh, this is the way. Again, silver up five point three percent at nineteen seventy six an ounce. I love silver here. Copper really like copper here as well. Uh, really like turquoise hill here, but uh, copper today also strong up one point one point three percent at three sixty one a pound. And finally on the day, well, finally for commodities, uh, crude oil, West Texas Intermediate. Up 1.5% today. We're about to be drilling for some of that in Wyoming here next month. Can't wait to see you all there. Uh, crude oil again, $88 an ounce, uh, $88 a barrel today, up $1.34 a barrel. It's 1.5% gain. Finally, on the day, Bitcoin. Again, Bitcoin had that 10% update you know, last week. What was it, Friday? Big move higher. It's a risk on asset that, that bodes well for equities as well. Today, again, up another solid 3.6% today, up $780 uh, closing, or trading at right now, I should say, 22421
Folks, hey, always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.